Hey guys, this is James Miller along with Dave Miller, and this is another episode of the Miller Group Real Estate Show. Today is March 11th, and we are excited to talk about kind of a crazy market out there, a crazy real estate market. We haven't really ever seen anything like this, have we, Dad? No, I don't know that there's ever been anything like this at, uh, at Amelia Island Plantation uh, in its 50-year history. Yeah, and uh, it's not only just the plantation, but also just countywide, uh, even with all the construction and development going on, uh, inventory is extremely low. So just we're not going to go into a lot of detail on stats. Um, if you want more information on that, you can reach out to us and we'll get you a copy of the Miller Report that goes more in depth into those stats. But uh, just for a snapshot, right now, if you were to be searching for a home on the Amelia Island Plantation, there are only five active listings for sale. And to put that into perspective, last year at this time in March, we were talking about how historically low inventory was and there were 24 homes for sale. And over previous years, it was as much as 30 to 50 homes for sale in the neighborhood. So the fact that there are only five homes for sale is just ridiculously low. Um, and it's not just homes, although that's the most uh, stark low inventory, but uh, condos are also very low with only 12 listings for sale. Um, so if you're looking for a condo or a home, there's only 17 properties you can choose from. And, and for comparison purposes, there are over, I think, 49 pending properties right now on the plantation. Yeah. Let me double check that. But uh, I mean, <laughs> theoretically, we could end up with zero inventory in the next month. I mean, yeah, Dad, have you ever seen anything like that? No, it's, uh, it's conceptual. You know, kind of reminds me of at least some of the, the crazy times that hit California back in the last 10 years, the last decade, with so many uh, Chinese buyers coming into the marketplace and just there being no inventory. Uh, but this situation uh, with, with, with COVID uh, has, I think, moved up a lot of people's time frame on a, on a lot of decision making, um, whether it's early retirement or buying a second home. It's, uh, it's moved up people uh, to, to make that decision sooner. Uh, and I think that has put a lot of pressure, not just here at Amelia, but it's, it's done it in kind of less dense, low tax states um, across, uh, across the United States. But we're certainly seeing it here at Amelia, uh, given all the, the positives that we have here in our market. Absolutely. And um, I think one of the things that's, that's, causing, in addition to that, um, some of the low inventory is a lot of times in, in the plantation in particular, we have people that are moving from one property to another within the community. So maybe they have a condo and they want to upsize to a house, or maybe they want to downsize from a marshfront house to an oceanfront condo. We get see a lot of that in the neighborhood. And right now, because inventory is so low, if you have a house to sell and you want to buy something, you can't sell your house because there's nothing to buy um, or, or it's difficult to find something to buy. And you know, if you look at those five homes for sale, for example, uh, you know, the price ranges, there's only one for sale under one million dollars. And that's actually one of our listings. And it's at six ninety nine. Um, but once you get past that, there is 
one at one three, one at one eight, and then you jump up to over three million. So those are your only options if you're looking for a home in the plantation. So it really makes it difficult uh, for those people that are looking to sell their current place and buy a new one because they just can't find anything to buy, which is backlogging the inventory. Um, and I think on top of that, like as you mentioned, you have all these people looking to move here uh, from other places across the country. And uh, it's just pretty incredible to see what's going on with inventory right now. And uh, yeah. we're starting to see that reflect in, in prices that we saw price yeah. increases last year. But over the past couple of months, those price increases have really kicked off to a new level. Well, yeah, there's there's obviously some uh, kind of understandably some sellers pushing levels that really have gone beyond where we were in 2006 and seven, the, the levels that I, it took us forever to get back to, uh, you know, it's been a, a, a 12 year period for our pricing to regain where we were back at that peak. But now I'm, you know, we're starting to see uh, pricing going beyond that. Uh, there's certainly some examples of, of, of recent activity in the last few months where we're, we're exceeding those levels and, and there's nothing to indicate that it's going to retreat from that. Uh, the outside influence of buyers from uh, dense areas in the Midwest and the Northeast has been greater than it has been in, in prior years. And I think that is what's really put, that's put a lot of pressure on, it's, it's contributed obviously to the sales, put pressure on, on uh, added additional buyers. And so the balances, it's really impacted the balance of supply and demand and, and consequently driving those, those values up is the only, only way that can go till we reach a point where, where uh, buyers say it's, it's too much, um, we'll, we, uh, we'll back off and, and then things will eventually we'll get back to more of, a, of an equilibrium, but it, it might take a little while before, before we get there. Yeah, I, we had said earlier that it's conceivable that you could end up with zero inventory levels. Um, I mean, and I did look up the number. There are uh, 32 properties pending or under contract right now on the plantation. So you consider how many are <laughs> pending right now compared to how many are active for sale. Uh, you could see that number getting pretty close to zero. And um, what we're seeing happen as a result of that is homes are selling or properties are selling before ever hitting the market. So what's happening is a, a seller reaches out to the real estate agent that they use. And that real estate agent probably has buyers uh, waiting in the, in the queue to, to purchase a property. So they bring a buyer and it sells without ever being listed um, in MLS or for the public to see. And so in, in some ways for the sellers, that's a good thing. If you, it's not as much hassle, you don't have to have a lot of showings and things like that. But at the same time, it really is doing your seller a disservice in many ways because you're not getting the property out there to test the market to see what the market value really is. And if it's an attractive property that's um, priced competitively in this market, if you you know, put it out there for sale and let all buyers know it's there, there's a chance you could get competing offers. Um, and for so that's offers something that are more that even more than often, you know, you get, you can get to situation and this is what happened in California where, where offers were coming in that exceeded the, um, exceeded the, the list price. 
and that there were you know, opportunities to bid things up. And you just don't know what that situation might look like for your home until you test the market. Yeah, and I think uh, in the in the plantation, price points are obviously higher than the average in the county, and so we don't always see at list or over list purchase prices. But um, we're definitely seeing that in other in the lower price points in the county, uh, where I mean, if you're in the two hundred to four hundred range, um, it, you're most likely getting competing offers and could sell at list or, or possibly even higher than list price. So uh, it, it really is an advantage to the seller to market a property and have a, a chance to, to get it out there for as many buyers to see it and give them a chance to make offers if they're interested. So one thing, uh, you know, just to, to be aware of, because obviously agents would like to sell it themselves, they can earn more commission that way themselves, but the thing to do if in your seller's best interest is to make sure to market the property and, and allow the market to determine what price it's going to sell at. Because in this market, <laughs> we're seeing pretty unbelievable price increases. I was looking at, just for an example, some Piper Dunes, um, which, you know, four years ago were selling for $850 to a million, um, oftentimes around 900 Obviously, depends on the floor level, but... Now we're seeing those sell for last year, they sold for one four and one six, and there's a couple listed uh, at or above 2 million. And I believe one went under contract today. It did, yeah, one went under today, the 2 million. So it's pretty amazing to see these price increases across, um, across the, the property. Yeah, it, it is, and and it's it's seems to be equal demand for whether it's you know villas, the condos, or the single family homes. It's it's really just a desire to to be part of uh, this plantation experience here. Absolutely. So, Dad, where do you see the market heading? You know, moving forward. Uh, you said, you know, obviously that right now with where uh, supply and demand are, we we think inventory is going to stay low and, and prices are therefore going to go up. Um, how long do you think we, do you think we'll see this kind of market and before it balances back out? Well, you know, I think it has the pandemic like it has with in so many different ways. It's pushed ahead uh, uh, things that ultimately were going to happen, but just we're going to take more time to develop. And I think one of those from our from this real estate perspective is it's brought uh, more buyers into our market sooner than would have happened otherwise. So that means eventually uh, that buyer pool will at some point even out. Um, but I think that that demand, I think Florida's low no tax environment and, and lifestyle and weather, and what we offer here will, I, I don't see a retreat in terms of value. Uh, I do think that they're probably, that COVID has also impacted some sellers' willingness to consider putting their home on the market, but a combination of, of, a, of us getting to a safer, I think, environment where people are more comfortable due to, to vaccines and the fact that the cases and and uh, are dropping significantly, all those things will, will allow sellers to get back in uh, the buyer situation will probably neutralize out as prices go up. So I, I think as we as we move through the year, things should get a, a, we should see a little more balance as we head uh, into the fall. 
I know that would be encouraging for a lot of our buyers out there that are looking for properties currently. And obviously now, if anybody has any interest in selling, now's a great, great time to do it. Probably one of the best times to sell in the last, you know, probably two decades. Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly since uh, the 2006, seven timeframe, uh, there's been nothing like it. And even then we didn't have the level, the low level of inventory, seller inventory that, that exists today. So it is, it's a terrific time, terrific seller's market. Well, on a, you know, on a related uh, topic, there was a, a response editorial relative to real estate values, a response editorial in, in, the, uh, in this week's, uh, this Friday edition, I guess it was Wednesday's edition of the newsletter, local newspaper uh, here on uh, the, the uh, impact uh, was re related to the South Amelia Island Shore Stabilization Association, SESA, which was created in, in 93 or 94 uh, to respond to gosh, a, some drastic long period of, of terrible North Nor'easters that we had that, that literally destroyed our beaches. Um, uh, when this process began to, to allow us a, a, a concept to, to stabilize, stabilize our beaches. And it's amazing. I think uh, that process started then, allows for a, a way to collect, uh, to collect fees from, from folks on the south end and those who live closest to the beach pay, paying a higher share, but everybody on the south end participating. But it, it literally saved our beaches. They've re-nourished, I think, the beaches now about every 10 years, and it's been about 11 years since the last renourishment. But without it, I'm, I'm confident that we would have lost, we would have lost properties, uh, would have been condemned. We'd have been like, you know, if anybody has seen South Ponte Vedra a few years ago, where all those homes were falling into the ocean, we would have been that scenario. And this uh, editorial response was by Drew Wallace, who's president of SESA, and he was responding to what I kind of considered to be was a was a hit piece the, the week before uh, against them with a lot of the, uh, uh, air, uh, uh, facts that were just not correct, that weren't factual, and were in many cases just outright uh, distortions about the truth. But this SESA has been such an important part of of keeping our real estate values where they are today. There's no question that had our beaches been allowed to erode and, and, and had we had the kind of publicity related to uh, condemnation of homes because of beach erosion, uh, that affects everybody's property values and lifestyle. And it's uh, been a, a, just a terrific uh, really benefit to all of us who live here to have this. And I was glad to see uh, Drew's comments. He wrote a really well-reasoned piece about that. And and if you don't know what SACE is all about, you should go to their website, uh, which is in his article, uh, and you can see photographs of what it looked like in the, in the 1990s after those storms, and you get a sense of what things were like and how bad this could be and, and how much it's meant that it allows our sand dunes to build and and on their website, there's a lot of good information about all the, all the positive things they do, the studies, the engineering, all the review process it goes through. It requires also all, all the community to vote to support this, which they have done. So it's a, been a real benefit to, to, our, uh, to our area. And I would say it's important for everybody to 
to make sure they have accurate information on that because there's a lot of misinformation going around um, when, with some people that are that are not in support of this. And I think they just don't understand the, the benefit that you just described. And it, it is so important to our property values. And it's not a lot of money per property owner when you compare it to the benefit that we get from it. So really, if you ever, if anybody listening ever hears anybody talking about it and does, they don't have all the facts uh, and, and they don't understand how much of a, a benefit this is, a, ne a necessity too for our property values, you know, make sure that you share with them the website and share with them, you know, all the things that dad said and, and how much it's uh, definitely going to be a positive impact for our community. Uh, another interesting article that we read, I think it was a few weeks ago in the Wall Street Journal, um, that I thought related to our community was, was talking about how much of a health benefit being out in trees and nature is. And, um, you know, considering that's one of our top selling features for the, for the island, but, but just, uh, particularly the plantation, um, that really was an interesting piece to read. And, and you can see why people love living here so much. Um, being in the maritime forest and all the, the marshes and ocean and beaches that we have. Uh, it was interesting. And actually, I think that you could talk probably more on this, but it had a website that it referred to where you could go and enter um, a, an address and it would give you a rating based on, I don't know, how many trees or how much nature or something was in your area. And it, it, the score seemed a little erratic from property to property, but overall we scored really well uh, for most properties here in the plantation. Yeah, it was really interesting. You know, I think that what, what the headline basically is that if you want to live longer, surround yourself with nature. And if you want to increase the value of your real estate, uh, surround yourself with trees. And it, so it, it just it would seem like it was a natural fit by somebody trying to just do a, a promotional marketing piece for the plantation. But they, they went on to talk about that, uh, that, you know, plants are known to lower stress and, de and decrease damaging cortisol in our blood and and they did make reference. Uh, there's a, a group called uh, it's Nature Quant, uh, and it's uh, their their website is uh, naturequant.com, and that's uh, q u a n t dot com, naturequant.com. But they have a, a nature score, which is they worked to try to based upon your address, they give you a score of how how positive your address is relative to uh, to providing a, a great lifestyle from a, a nature standpoint. And you're right, so I think the software is a little erratic right now, but I think the concept is right. And I think there's a, I think it's why so many people are attracted to our area and why the trees, I've always said, if there's a common denominator for what draws uh, people to the Amelia Island Plantation, it's trees, that's the one word. It's, if it's what people love about it. Obviously our beaches and the marshes and all the other lifestyle, but the trees are the thing that make us so unique. And uh, this, this- yeah, I was gonna uh, say that there's a lot of beaches and marshes and other locations, but very few places have the tree forest that we do along with the marshes and the beaches. Exactly right, exactly right. So this is a, uh, you go into, um, you can find information on their site and check out your own nature score. See how your house, how your house scores on their website, and it's it's a fun thing to do. And I think all of us that live here appreciate this and understand the value of this. And uh, I think it was it was interesting to see too the correlation 
uh, which we appreciate and understand in terms of the higher the score, the, the better your real estate values too. So um, we're, we're accomplishing a lot. It's a great lifestyle and, and enhancing our, our real estate values as well. Absolutely. And uh, it's also uh, interesting to point out too, that uh, our community was, I forget the proper terminology, but was authorized or approved um, for the Audubon Society. And I know uh, the Amelia Island Plantation Foundation was instrumental in getting that um, approval. And I think that's a, a great piece too, that, that will mean a lot to a lot of people and, and be a great marketing tool that'll help property values as well. Yeah, big shout out to Bob Schmanzies for and his and his found that foundation for that. A lot of hard work over the years to get that done, and no question that ties right into this and a big part of why we all living here uh, enjoy living here. That's a great a great attribute. You know, one uh, I guess one last thing too, James, that wanted to talk about, kind of along the the lines of of, of uh, of things that are happening uh, from a green space standpoint is on electric vehicles. Um, and we see obviously more and more of those. It's clearly uh, the, the future of, of, of vehicles, just a matter of when we get there. And, uh, but one of the challenges from a real estate or at least from a structural standpoint are, are the plug-in opportunities. It's, you know, it's one thing uh, for single-family homeowners, they have ways to address that, but we have so many properties that are that are um, HOA-associated, uh, related to villas, and I know that that is already probably becoming an issue for people that want to rent there or own there are starting to question, uh, what's your availability for plug-in for, for my electric vehicle? Yeah, uh, I had a, you, a, a buyer. There? Yeah, I actually had a buyer um, who was interested in a, I think it was a Sandcastle um, villa, but it was one, of, it was an oceanfront villa that was a short-term rental approved villa. And he drives a Tesla and has a motorcycle. And of course, can't drive the motorcycle in the neighborhood based on our uh, rules, but he also didn't feel confident that he would be able to have a place to charge his Tesla. Um and some of our older condos. So I think that's something that uh, condos are going to definitely have to address uh, going forward. And there's actually, I believe, I'll have to verify this, but I believe that the state of Florida actually implemented a law either last year or maybe the year before saying that if a um, homeowner or a condo owner wanted to install an electric plug-in um, you know, a, an area to be able to plug in their, their car, the condo would have to allow them to do it. And it would be up to the owner to pay um, mm -hmm. for that. But I think that's, it could be an, a competitive advantage for certain condos um, if they can be proactive and try and address that, or maybe start uh, collecting some funds to be able to implement their, those type of devices here over the next few years. And on top of not just cars, if you think about it, a, a golf cart, I mean, I live in a condo and I would love to have a golf cart, but I don't have an easy place to plug it in. Um, yeah, and absolutely. I prefer electric over gas. So, you know, that to me would be a big advantage if I had a place also to plug in my golf cart. Um, 
And, you know, so I think there's a lot of different options that that, that would, for reasons why that would help condos and, and make them more appealing to certain buyers. Yeah, I think that's something that HOAs could really start to address and try to figure out how to how to accomplish and fund within their each yeah, of their own entities. Some car companies have even said they're, I mean, I, I forget which one, if it was uh, GM or who it was that came out and said that they were by, you know, 20 year 2030 or so, they weren't even yeah. going to make gas cars anymore. Yeah, 2030, 2035, you know, those might be a little advanced, but uh, yeah, GM and has made that statement, and, and I think it, that's what we're going to be, what we're likely to see. It's certainly going to be a push that direction, um, and we got to be prepared for it, and it's really the, it's a lot of the multi-unit uh, locations that have more work to do, but by doing so can create and add value to their locations and, and uh, create even more uh, interest from buyers. Absolutely. Well, uh, this was an interesting episode, Dad. Thanks for uh, bringing up those points. Uh, I think they're, they're really good points and things that um, our community members will find interesting. I wanted to do a little shout out here for uh, one of our properties we have listed on Marsh Creek. It's 61 Marsh Creek, as I mentioned earlier. And this episode, it's listed at $699, so it's the lowest price um, single family home in the neighborhood. And it's not even close. Like I said, the next uh, listing up is, is listed over 1.3. So this property um, needs some renovation work, but it has a lot of potential. It sits on two patio lots that were combined into one. And it has beautiful views of the golf course, um, really close to Walker's Landing. So convenient access there. And there's a lot of potential on the floor plan to renovate and update it and and possibly even expand. Um, it's quite a, a large lot now that the two were combined. So if anybody has any interest, uh, whether for their own home or maybe as an investment, definitely with where prices are going, I think it is a great buy and the, probably the best buy right now in the neighborhood. So uh, yeah, give me a call, 904-557-5720 if you want uh, further information on it. What were you yeah, going to say that? Yeah, I was just going to say 127 feet of width is pretty amazing that you get because of those combination. It's a, it's a special opportunity. Absolutely. So uh, definitely reach out to me if you have any uh, interest in that property. And otherwise, Dad, was there anything else you wanted to add before we got off? No. We'll look forward to talking with everybody on the other side. All right. We will be back with you next week. Uh, I think our next episode uh, is going to be about 5G and what it means for Amelia Island and the Amelia Island Plantation. Um, so definitely want to catch up on that. And uh, we look forward to talking to you then.